What's up, everybody? Normally, this is where I'd say, welcome back to Remember the Game, our retro gaming podcast, blah, 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 blah. Uh, we're not doing that this week. Our, our initial plan for this week's episode was going to be number 160, and it was going to be all about Bioshock. I know a lot of you were excited for that episode. Uh, I was away on holidays this past weekend, and we just got back to Edmonton much, much later than anticipated. We ran into some complications on the road coming back, and my guest and I just simply we just weren't able to line up uh, all the stars to get the episode recorded. So here's what's going to happen. Remember the game number 160 about Bioshock is coming next Wednesday. It's coming. My guest and I are ready to go. We just aren't going to get it recorded in time, okay? So for this week, I thought rather than not put anything up, uh, I'm going to give you a rare sneak bonus episode from our Expansion Pass library. Normally, Expansion Pass is one of our podcasts that's exclusive to all of our Patreons. Uh, but we have over 100 bonus episodes over there right now. And uh, I think I've only ever put one of them up on the free feeds. And I wanted to make sure everybody had something to listen to this week. So consider this a gift from me to you. A thank you for all the success that we've had over the last couple of years. This is uh, Remember the Game Expansion Pass number 20. Uh, I'll be ranking my top 20 NES games. This episode originally went live to all of our Patreons on August 9th, 2020. So almost a year ago uh, to the day. It's like a year ago next week that this episode went live. If you enjoy this, please consider supporting us. If you've been on the fence forever, there's never been a better time to sign up on Patreon than right now. Because there's a ton, literally dozens and dozens and dozens of bonus episodes waiting for you right now. Game rankings, game reviews gaming discussion there's some comedy episodes like our infamous gaming confessions episode which i think is pretty universally considered the best episode of expansion pass at least thus far anyway we're going to be doing another one this fall hint hint uh you also get you know the ability to dm with me you can join our discord you can write in to be read on all of our podcasts you can vote on our patreon poll which is running right now you guys know the plug i say it every single week our patreon poll is running as we speak and it runs until saturday so you've got a couple of days to get in there if you're interested. It's only $2 to give us a chance. And you get two bonus podcasts a week, plus all that other stuff. Plus you support a small independent little content creator like me. Um, so thank you all very much for helping us get to 159 episodes. I promise 160 is coming next week. You guys know I very rarely miss an episode and I didn't want it to happen this week. But uh, I was having... Things just happened, okay? So I apologize. I hope you all enjoy this freebie. If you are currently a supporter of our Patreon, don't worry. I'm not going to be putting all the Patreon episodes up for free. It's not like you're paying for nothing. I promise. And the Rambling Idiot Game Patch and Expansion Pass will be going live this weekend as scheduled for all of our Patreons. I'm, oh, yeah, because I'm on the road for comedy. I got home Monday night. I, as I'm recording this on Tuesday, I have Wednesday to get the Rambling Idiot recorded. And then Thursday morning, I leave. And I'm not back until Sunday evening because I have comedy shows. So I'm going to be doing a lot of podcasting for my own hotel room this week uh but whatever you're gonna get them you're gonna get them i promise i hope you all enjoy them enjoy this sneak peek at expansion pass and uh you guys are the best oh yeah and for all of you that signed up on patreon over the last week and normally this is where i give you your shout out during the intro i'm not giving you a half-ass shout out on this week's episode i promise you're gonna get your shout out next week on the official remember the game number 160 i promise so we'll, we'll get to you there i have you all categorized and locked and loaded on my list so i can mispronounce all your names for the world to hear and i'll do that next week okay so thank you all so much for the support i hope you enjoyed this episode you can see a full list of all the expansion passes at remember the game podcast.com and i'll talk to you guys sooner than later take it easy cheers or wait can i say cheers if i'm about to start the enjoy the podcast i don't know
What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 20th edition of Remember the Game Expansion Pass. It is our Patreon-exclusive weekly podcast here at Remember the Game Industries. My name is Adam Blank, and if you are hearing these words, at some point you've decided that our show is worth a couple of bucks of your hard-earned pennies. And if that is the case, thank you so much for supporting the show. I really, really appreciate it. We simply wouldn't be where we are without you guys. So thank you all so much. I hope you enjoy this. This will be a very fun episode. We are dedicating it 100% to the original Nintendo Entertainment System, the godfather of video games, the ones that started it all. And I know, I know there was stuff before the NES, but frankly, I wasn't alive back then. I didn't play any of them. And stuff I don't know is weird and scary to me. So as far as I'm concerned, gaming started with the NES. That's where we're going today. As far as the Remember the Game Industry history books are concerned, gaming started the same time I did. And that is 1983 with the original NES. This is going to be a ranking episode. Uh, We've already ranked all the Mario games. I ranked my favorite consoles. And then we actually ranked every game we talked about in the first 100 episodes. Uh, The ranking episodes seem to be well-received. You guys seem to be enjoying them. So I'm going to keep trying to do these one per month, ranking just a random thing. And uh, some of you guys have mentioned that you'd like to hear my favorite like Super Nintendo games, Nintendo 64 games, or whatever. I probably will very slowly work my way through every console. And this has been a lot of fun because I have a ton of your favorite games as well. You guys submitted a lot of comments with your favorite NES games. Uh, I'm going to sprinkle as many of them in as I can throughout the episode. I'm pretty sure I got everybody's in. Admittedly, I'm going to try to do them kind of quickly because I think this is going to be a long episode as it is. But we're going to have a good time. I love these episodes. I love the NES. Fuck, I love retro gaming. Uh, This one's going to be fun. And uh, all I did this time to come up with my list, just to give you an idea of my process to do my ranking of this is I googled uh, a complete list of every NES game and it was alphabetical order and I just scrolled through and every time I saw a game I played I moved over to my Excel, my Excel, my Excel sheet my my notes in my exalt sheet I moved over to my Excel sheet and then I just plugged it in in order like I'd start at the top like this is the best game I ever played on the NES and then I would just slide it through and slide these through and work my way down and be like this one plugs in here this one plugs in here and uh, it was really hard. Like, it was, like, really hard. I've played way too many games. Um, and I also realized that if I wanted to, I could do a ranking of the worst NES games. So if that's something you'd be interested in, let me know. Because there's certainly a bunch of weird, shitty titles that I would love to just rip apart on this fucking show. Um, but before we go back to the past, and before we start talking about the best NES games ever, at least in my eyes, uh, you guys know I'm going to give you a look at the future and give you all a quick peek behind the scenes here at Remember the Game Industries, because I think that's what most of you actually pay for, is the gossip and the water cooler talk. Uh, I don't really have any new episodes scheduled to record to tell you about that I haven't already mentioned in the past, but uh, but knock on wood, I don't know if you could hear that, but I was knocking, that they don't fall through over the next seven days or so, we will be recording episodes about Resident Evil 2, I know, I know, but it's supposed to be happening today, uh, so you should have that by episode 111, okay, I'm telling you, it's probably going to happen, and if it doesn't happen this time, it's probably never going to happen, but I think it's coming, Resident Evil 2, Super Mario Sunshine, Mega Man 3, Micro Machines for the NES, Tecmo World Wrestling, Conker's Bad Fur Day, Kirby Superstar, Pokemon Emerald, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, which won the Patreon poll this month, congratulations, Grand Theft Auto, uh, and actually I think I'm going to be doing a solo episode next week. I got to start doing a couple more of those. So I think I'm going to be talking Mario Kart Double Dash on the show next week. Cause I really fucking like Mario Kart Double Dash and some people shit on it and I don't like that. So I'm going to be defending it on the show next week. Um, there's going to be a few more solo episodes coming up in the future. I think, um, one of the biggest roadblocks with this podcast 
is is finding a game that my guests and I both know that we've both played that we have both have opinions about. We don't have to like it, but it has to be a game that we both played. They both know we can both hold a conversation about, and we both have to be able to find time to record them, which has become a real issue. I'm not going to run out of games anytime soon, but I am slowly running out of games that line up with a guest, with timing schedule, with everything like that. Um, and honestly, now that I've done 20 of these, Expansion Pass has really upped my confidence when it comes to carrying an episode alone and just doing it by myself instead of having a conversation with somebody. Uh, so I'm going to start sprinkling them in. We've done a couple. If you don't, or if you remember the Sega Genesis mini review I did by myself, uh, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie review, the Ghostbusters on the NES game I did by myself, and I actually had a lot of fun. And then I'm not worried about a scheduling conflict or anything like that. So I'm going to be sprinkling a few of those in. And I'm still trying to inhale as many retro games as I can this month, too, to try to give you guys more episodes. I've already finished Conquer. I finished uh, Mega Man 3. I finished another NES game uh, that was on the list there. Uh, I'm almost done Pokemon Emerald. I'm just trying to get through as many as I can so I can give you guys more episodes. Um... And speaking of doing solo episodes and giving you more episodes, I posted about it on the Patreon page this week. Uh, But if you didn't see it, I'm going to give you the footnotes version. I'll go into more detail about it on Wednesday's episode of Remember the Game. Uh, But I'm kicking around an idea to grow the show. And uh, again, I'm not going to read the whole post to you. You can read the whole thing over on the Patreon page if you want to. But the long and short of it is that comedy, which is my job, is not going to be back full time anytime soon. I bet you not until 2021. And without going into full details or giving you a full breakdown of my finances, I've already lost about $25,000 worth of work. I imagine Christmas season is going to be slow too. And that number is probably going to get up around $40,000. So I have to do something, which is either going to be get a job or at least a part-time job Uh, or really step up my game and try to grow the podcast. And listen, I know a ton of you probably have jobs and you work hard and maybe you hate your jobs and you're listening to me and you're like, oh, you fucking pussy, just go get a job. I totally get it. I feel the same way, quite frankly. And I totally understand. And I've worked regular, I worked, I drove a forklift for pretty well 15 years. I, I fucking, I totally get it. And I can't stress enough that this isn't me looking for your sympathy or you guys being like, oh, poor Adam can't just sit around and play video games all day. I'm chasing a dream. Trying to grow a business, okay? This started as a hobby, and then we launched the Patreon, and it became that it paid for itself, and it became a self-sufficient passion project of mine. But I'm really passionate about it. I enjoy doing it. I want to grow it more. Frankly, without trying to sound like a total arrogant dickhead, I don't. I feel like I'm getting a lot better at this, and I really think there's could be something special here. So I think beginning next week, I'm going to start campaigning for more Patreon support. My goal is to either hit 200 or 250 people. I don't know how many I'm going to actually shoot for yet. We're already on almost 100, and thank you all so much. I'm certainly not discounting the importance of you guys. You guys have been an absolute fucking lifeline for me. Um, but if we can get the numbers up to where I want them, I'm going to launch a gaming news show uh, as well to go with all this. So you'll be getting a bunch more. You guys won't have to pay anything more. Nothing will be hidden behind you guys. More perks, quite frankly. So I'll go into more detail about it next week on the show when I can tell everybody about it. I'm very nervous about going for it because putting yourself out there uh, really sucks and it can be incredibly humbling if you're like, hey, if you really like the show and you want to help me grow, support it, and then nobody signs up, which is certainly a possibility. But at this point, it's like I got to put up or shut up. If I want to take a shot, I got to take my shot. And again, I'm not trying to sound arrogant. I don't say this on here often. I feel like I'm getting good at this. My confidence is through the roof. I'm really starting to feel comfortable behind a microphone. I feel like this is something I could do for a living. And frankly, I listen to podcasts like IGNs and I watch some YouTube videos and stuff. And I think I could do that as well as them. I do it differently, but I think that's what makes it unique is the way I get fired up and the way I swear and the way I sprinkle in my opinions. I'm not out there looking for sponsorship dollars and being a PG 
corporate cookie cutter game reviewer. And I'm not shitting on anyone that does that. Not at all. Cause I watch those and I enjoy those, but that's not what I want to be. I think I've got a unique voice. I want to stand out. I really want to grow this thing and I would love to bring you guys along for the ride. You guys are the best. Thank you so much for investing in me and hopefully we'll go somewhere more soon, but I'll get into that more on Wednesday. You just, you guys ask for the dirt behind the scenes and you're getting the dirt behind the scenes. So, um, my, game, my plan quickly is a gaming news show. That's like an hour-long version of my intros on Remember the Game Now. It'll be my opinions mixed in with different news and stuff like that. And then the intros to Remember the Game will be dedicated to retro gaming news, your opinions on the game we cover, some new retro game segments that I have and ideas. I asked you what you thought about it, and the response was overwhelmingly positive. So thank you so much. Feel free to shoot me any comments, criticisms, ideas, questions you have over on Patreon. I get back to everybody. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say, what your thoughts are. Some of you have said you would pledge it a higher tier if it existed. I really appreciate that, but I want to keep this thing affordable for everybody. Two bucks is pretty cheap, and I feel like if you enjoy what I do, uh, you're getting a great value for your $2. So uh, that said, all that done, you guys didn't pay to hear me plug my Patreon, uh, but I like to give you the dirt on what's going on, and I like to let you guys know on what I'm working on here behind the scenes. So that's the big story, and that's the big plan. Um, so thank you guys all so much for the support. That's the point I'm trying to make. That's long enough. I don't have any other dirt to share, so we are going to get into ranking some NES games. I'm going to cue some kick-ass, delightful NES music. And when I get back, or I get sick of it, I'm going to start ranking NES games, you guys. Let's go. the nes i feel like the nes is it's like the season one of the simpsons of video games it's like it's important i love it i still go back to it sometimes but things got a lot better um and i know there are diehard nes fans out there that would still rank it ahead of everything but i just feel like the super nintendo is simpsons season three through eight they just took what the nes was doing and made it all better and really perfected the art uh but that said i have the softest of soft spots in my heart for the NES. This this show wouldn't exist without it. My video game addiction wouldn't exist without it. I'd probably be like a, a fisherman or something instead of a gamer. And then I'd be outside facing danger and bugs and drowning instead of just saving the world all the time from the safety of my futon or my couch. So the NES is just, it is super important to me. Uh, so for this ranking edition of Expansion Pass, I'm going to count down my top 20 NES games and explain why they're ranked, where they are. You guys sent in a ton of your favorites as well. This was probably the most feedback I've ever had from our Patreon listeners. It was rad that so many of you were into this. I'm going to try to get to everybody's, uh, and we're all just collectively going to sit around for the next hour or so and geek out about the NES. I don't know how long this episode is actually going to go, but I do think it's going to be long. I've put a lot of work into this one. I was working on notes all day yesterday. I had comedy shows last night, and uh, between my spots at the comedy club, I was sitting at a table at the back of the room on my laptop working on notes for this episode. I've gone and found music for all the games I'm ranking, and I'm going to try to bled a little bit of it into every single one. Really putting the effort in here, and I really hope you guys enjoy it, because to me, this is one of the most... Uh, sentimental and special episodes of the show to me that we've ever done anyway. So, um, and I will say like, so my plan is I'm going to go through a few of my ranks and I'm going to go to a few of your ranks and we'll go back and forth, back and forth and we'll all get misty eyed and nostalgic together. So this was really fucking hard. Like I couldn't believe how hard it was. I mentioned I worked through the library alphabetically of NES games and I'll slot into my list. Dude, I was at like 40 games when the time I hit the ends, like 
the N, like like Nintendo N going alphabetically through the library. I already had 40 games listed, and then I realized they still had stuff like Mario, stuff like Ninja Turtles coming up. Uh, it, I, a lot of great games missed the cut on this. I really didn't think there was that many NES games that I love, but there sure is. And uh, so before I get into my top 20, I can't not give an honorable mention to 21 through 30. These are the games that just made, just barely missed the cut. I'm not going to go into details, no music or anything. Just giving you guys a heads up as to what, what just missed the cut. So if one of your favorite games didn't make my top 20, maybe it was just outside of that. Um, And I'm just, for the record, I'm not saying the 20 games in front of these are better. Some of these 100% aren't, some of them 100% aren't better than these games. Uh, But I ranked them based on how interested I'd be in in playing them at this particular moment. So with that said, number 21 through 30 with no context are number 30 is Tecmo World Wrestling. Number 29 is Yonoid, a very hidden gem on the system. Number 28 is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Number 27 is Mega Man 1. Number 26 is DuckTales. 25 is Blades of Steel. 24 is Classic Concentration. Number 23 is Battletoads. 22 is Ninja Gaiden. And number 21 is Tiny Toon Adventures. Fucking really good game. So don't sleep on Tiny Toons. Um, (laughs) I'd love to list like 31 through 40. I could just go forever. So we're not going to. We're just going to get into the top 20. Again, these are not the best games. I'm not ranking them in order of like best to worst. Uh, They're my favorites. How I actually ranked them is like if I was building a custom NES and I could add 20 games to it, these are the 20 games that I would add to my custom NES that I could play forever. And for the record, I'm starting with a dud. And I'm glad that this is a Patreon episode that you paid to hear because if this was just a free episode that you weren't obligated to listen to, you might hear what the first game on the list is and be like, fuck, this guy's an idiot and blackout. So with that said, number 20... Bart versus the Space Mutants. And I know this game isn't good. It's not good at all. The concept is good. Uh, They try to change it up. They try to do something different, something fun. But the controls suck. The mechanics kind of suck. After the first level, the looking for items gets really lame. It's just, it's not good. Um, I was DMing with Bearded XP, one of our Patreon supporters, as I was working on my notes. And I said that Bart versus the Space Mutants is my, this game, uh, this is the game that I have. I might as well get good at it game. Because we all had those. Everyone that had an NES had those crappy games. And it was just, this is the game you've got for the next six months. So you might as well learn to be good at it. That was my Bart versus the Space Mutants game. Um, And I don't miss being stuck with nothing but a crappy game to play as opposed to today when I literally have access to hundreds of games anytime I want. Uh, But there was something special about just you and this one crappy game, and that was the game that you could play. We all have an attachment to a game like that, and that's Bart versus the Space Mutants for me. I'm going to do a solo episode of Remember the Game about it soon, I think, just to get into some detail. There really is some depth and a great idea hidden underneath the crap blanket that is Bart versus the Space Mutants. It falls apart really fast. If you want to see me beat it and hear more of my thoughts on it, go to YouTube and you can see um, um, an Adam Sucks at Video Game Let's Play series all about Bart versus the Space Mutants. So that's number 20, my 20th ranked game, Bart versus the Space Mutants. Number 19. Snake, Rattle, and Roll. I would say that this is the other bad game on my list, and I say that in air quotes. Um, I don't think Snake, Rattle, and Roll is bad. I just think it's weird. 
It's a niche title. Its controls are really fucked up. It's just completely off the wall. And if I hadn't played it so much as a kid, and then I tried playing it now for the first time, I would fucking tear it apart. Um, And the long and short, because there's certainly a chance that you haven't played Snake, Rattle, and Roll, is that you control one of two snakes, and their names are Rattle and Roll. It's perfect. Uh, And you start every level as just a head. You're just a snake head. And then you have to eat colored dots. And as you eat the dots, you grow. You grow more tail segments to your snake and you get bigger and longer and heavier. And at the end of every level, there's a bell. It's like like one of those big bells at the top of a stand like you would ring at the carnival where you hit it with a hammer. And what you have to do is grow enough of a body from eating these dots that when you go on the base of the stand, the little hammer thing shoots all the way up and rings the bell. And then when it rings the bell, it opens a door and then you can go through the door to get out and move on to the next level. The concept is really fun. There's tons of weird bad guys. Like there's toilet seats that run around trying to eat you. There's giant feet that are like cut off at the ankle. Like it's literally just a giant hairy foot that's like slamming on everything, trying to squish you. And there's anvils and bombs and stuff like that. Um, it's really a weird, creative, funky game. There's hidden areas. There's bonus levels. It's kind of about racking up a high score. It's really fun in concept. Like I think a remake of it would be awesome. Um, it's major flaw is the con uh, the controls is the <laughs> fucking idiot uh, is the con the controls is the made that's the major problem with it the camera is locked on like a corner like imagine if it like imagine if the level is a is a square instead of it being on like the left right top or bottom side it literally is locked on like the corner of the side and so they're going up at 45 degree angles so you're you're never really going left to right you're constantly going diagonally uh kind of like a cubert angle um, and so that's really hard to do when you're using an NESD pad. There's no analog joystick or anything. And it's so hard to get the, and you have to do some really precise platforming too, while you're trying to jump at these fucking weird angles and these snakes just seem to slide everywhere. And, uh, the music bangs, the concept is fun. It's on rare replay. So if you've got an Xbox, you can give it a try there. I would recommend trying it. I would not recommend paying a lot of money to try it because you probably will think the controls are fucky just like I would if I wasn't so obsessed with this stupid game as a kid. But it's a guilty pleasure of mine. It's the other bad game. And it made my list at number 19. It's Snake, Rattle, and Roll. Uh, number 18. It's Tetris. It's fucking Tetris. Here's the thing. The next 18 games are good. Simpsons and Snake, Rattle, and Roll were just those guilty pleasure games of mine. Uh, but the rest of these games are actually good games that popped up on a lot of your lists. Uh, and Tetris is just a goddamn masterpiece. Just a straight-up masterpiece. I'm not going to specify if it's going to be the 10-gen version or the regular version. Uh, I prefer to play my game single-player with the standard version. If you don't know quickly, Tengen... If you remember, I think it's Tengen. It's either Tengen or Tengen, but I think it's Tengen. They were those black cartridges that released on the NES. They were kind of angled and weird-looking, and they, they released a bunch of games. It was like Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man, Pac-Mania, Tetris... Uh, eventually they got shut down. There was like a big lawsuit. You can read more about it if you want. Listen to one of the smart podcasts. They'll tell you all about it. Um, but the, the, the but they had a multiplayer version of Tetris, whereas NES, like the, the Nintendo version of Tetris was just single player. Uh, so I get why more people prefer the 10 gen version so they could play it against each other and play with their friends. I prefer just straight up single player bonafide Tetris. And like, what else can I say? I don't know what else to say about it. It's Tetris. Like I love most versions of Tetris, but I'm a traditionalist. If I'm going to play it alone and just go for a high score, I prefer not having little things like stored pieces up in the corner that you can swap out and stuff like that. Just give me my basic rectangle, 
like lines and just make me play until I fill it up. That's that's how I love it. And I love the controls in this game with that NES controller and that D-pad. It's just so precise and it feels so good. I love the color scheme on the original Tetris on the NES. The way it's got that gray outline and the bricks go from like a punky purple to blue to green. The colors change as you go deeper. I love that music. The, just, oh, that fucking N- the NES version of Tetris is so good and i i prefer my tetris on the go like give me the game boy version tetris 99 on my switch stuff like that but if i just for straight up single player go for a high score tetris on the tv og nes version of it still stands up like tetris is the best selling video game of all time and it makes sense why it's just so fucking ageless it'll never break it'll never be outdated it'll never not age well it'll always be playable and accessible to anybody I want to do a full episode on it, but I just don't know if there's more than about five minutes of stuff to say about Tetris. I fucking love it, and I absolutely would want it on my NES. I rank it in number 18, the greatest puzzle game ever, Tetris. Number 17. first game on the list that we've actually covered on remember the game so check out episode 75 if you want a full thorough breakdown of teenage mutant ninja turtles 2 the arcade game i don't think this game has aged badly as far as the con the why do i keep saying the controls i don't think this game has aged badly as far as the controls go i think it still looks good the nes version was always a little jaggy but it was certainly passable the nes always had that charm with its like choppiness and stuff sometimes uh, I love the music to this game. The biggest issue with Turtles 2, in my eyes, is that it's just so fucking basic. Like, it, like and a lot of beat-em-ups suffer them from this. Like, if you fire it up now and you play it by yourself, you could go through it once, but then win or lose, you're good. Like, for a while. It's not something that you're like, oh, I'm going to try this again tomorrow. Play it once. I have no need to come back to this anytime soon. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, like the turtles all play basically identical. There's no real depth to it. It's a solid hour time sink. And then I'm finished. But, but this game makes my list because of the memories, the nostalgia. It just pulls at my heartstrings. It pulls at so many of your heartstrings. This game pops up on a lot of your top game lists too. Like anyone who grew up with this game and doesn't have memories of playing it with your friends or playing it at sleepovers or you're passing controller around and stuff like that. You just didn't do it right. Like we all played it and had those memories. I have so many great memories of playing it. One specifically, I remember playing it at my buddy Sean's house when we were little. He had like a big sleepover. There was a few of us there and whoever wasn't playing it on the NES with the two controllers was watching the movie on another TV or we were playing turtles in the background, like being the turtles or playing with action figures. Just, I love the Ninja Turtles so much. You guys know I'm a big Turtles fan. And while Turtles in Time and frankly Turtles 3 on the NES are better games, this one just perks me up every time I see that iconic cover with the four of them breaking through the brick wall. I just, I fucking love it. I've almost ordered a poster of that box art half a dozen times for my game room. I'm going to eventually. I love it. This is one of those NES games that everybody can agree is a gem. We all have great memories. Fucking love Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game. Number 17 on my list. Number 16. RC Pro-Am. This is another one that we've talked about doing 
I remember uh, I remember the game episode around. We just haven't been able to make it come together yet. I fucking love RC Pro-Am. For my money, this is the best racing game on the NES, with the possible exception of RC Pro-Am 2, but admittedly, I haven't really played that one very much. So they're both on Rare Replay. Again, if you've got an Xbox, you can see what I'm talking about. They're really fun. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed that as a kid, I didn't realize that those remote remote control cars, hence the RC part of RC Pro-Am. I just, I never even put that together, even though you're controlling these little cars with antennas on top, and it's called RC Pro-Am. I never pieced it together. I was not sharp at all. I was I was born good-looking, not intelligent. Um, it's really basic, this game, but it's all it needs. You control a red car. You race against a blue, a green, and a yellow car. You start with trucks. You can upgrade them to become SUVs and then race cars that go a little bit faster. There's no money or upgrade screens. You can just pick up stuff on the track like tires and engines, which make your car a little bit better. You can drive over these letters and uh, that are laying around on the track. And if you spell the word Nintendo by picking up eight letters, then you upgrade the car to the next difficulty level. Again, the SUVs and then the race cars. Uh, it's just super simple. You get bullets that you can shoot in front of you, bombs that you can drop behind you, walls pop out of the ground and you crash into them and it slows you down. Um, I think I, I think the reason I love RC Pro-Am so much is because it's like Mario Kart before Mario Kart existed. Single player, but it's just mayhem driving around, shooting each other and crashing into each other and blowing shit up. It's just so much fun. The controls are very funky, but you get the hang of them after like a single race or two. The only real knock on this game, and it's like one of the most famous, I don't know if you know if you consider it a glitch or not, but one of them, like, so the yellow car that's computer control, one of your opponents, every once every few races, it just goes into beast mode. It makes this weird noise and it just takes off like a bat out of hell and you can't beat them. You can't catch them. Uh, so you're basically just racing for a second, but, uh, you know, it's coming. It's not that bad. It's kind of a funny little thing that happens. Fucking kick-ass game. I love RC Pro Ab. It is the best racing game on the NES. I don't fucking care what you say. And I know it's not a long list, but it doesn't matter. RC Pro Am. Okay, uh, we'll get into a few of your picks, then we'll keep moving from number 15 to 11. I'm going to try to get to everyone's. I appreciate all the comments. It's getting harder to work everybody's in because we're getting more, but I don't have anywhere else to be, so this is going to be a little bit longer episode. Just fucking enjoy it. Uh, let's get going here. Ben Boucha, first up. Dr. Mario and Tetris will always hold a special place in my life. I was really young and my sister would pretend to plug the controller in for me so I could the controller in for me so I could play even though it was a single player game the whole time. Uh, great times. That <laughs> the classic controller unplugged. We've all done that. We've all either been the sucker that was given the unplugged controller or we've given it to the kids sitting with us so that they'll just think they're playing and leave us alone and let us play. So um I would like to point out, not to tell you Ben's life story or anything, but he's told me before that he's younger. He didn't play a lot of the games we talked about on the show when they were new. And even he's talking about Tetris. And that's what I'm saying. That game is the all-time GOAT. Everybody can and has played it. So thank you very much, Ben. Great stuff. Uh, Doug Dorn wrote in and said his top three. Number three, Bart versus the Space Mutants. Number two, Super Mario Brothers. Number one, Maniac Mansion. Uh, some Space Mutants love. Fucking add a boy, Doug. I love it. And for the record, Maniac Mansion was on my list as well. It fell into that 31 to 40 list. But uh, I love that game. I fucking suck at it, but I love it. We'll do an episode about that eventually too. Um, thank you very much for weighing in, Doug. Bearded XP wrote in. Number three, Duck Hunt. It's the only game my dad would play, plus the zapper gun was cool. Number two is Castlevania, because it was his first game. Number one is Ninja Turtles 2 for the fun multiplayer. Uh, so the zapper did kick some serious ass. I agree with you. I used it more as a toy than to play games, as I think a lot of us did, but that gun was rad. 
And, uh, and yeah, man, that Turtles 2 multiplayer, that's what I'm talking about. Some of the best memories. That game keeps popping up on people's lists because we all loved it. Uh, OG Big Titus wrote in, I'll give my three favorite niche games on the NES. Number three, Super Spike Volleyball. Fun sports game with a good challenge. Easy to learn, difficult to master gameplay. Number two is Deja Vu. Point and click game story with great writing. And number one, Crash and the Boys Street Challenge. It's like an inner city Olympics and a total blast to play with a pal. Also, he says ice hockey is better than Blades of Steel. Well, first of all, you're wrong about ice hockey, but that's okay. It's No one's perfect. Uh, and I won't lie, I have never even heard of Deja Vu or Crash and the Boys. I do know Super Spike Volleyball. That is a very odd list. But I also know that Titus was a Sega kid, so all is forgiven. We just appreciate that he is trying. So <laughs> I know him personally, so yeah, I'm taking the dig. Thank you very much, Titus, for writing in your support. I appreciate it. And uh, before I get back to my list, Yamcha, one of our newer Patreon supporters, wrote in, uh, I had to think of my top five, and there's a lots of games for the NES that I love, but looking through my collection, these are the ones that I came up with, not really in any order, but my favorites are Batman, The Legend of Zelda, The Punisher, Castlevania, and DuckTales. Uh, Batman pops up a few times on the list, as you're going to hear throughout this episode. I played it a little as a kid. I remember liking the wall jumping mechanics. But I never got too far into it. I've had it on Patreon polls. It's always contended, never won. I gotta play it. I definitely want to do an episode about Batman on this list soon. So thanks for writing in Yamcha and sharing your memories. Let us get back to my list, number 15 through 11. Uh, and we are going to start with number 15. Kirby's Adventure. We covered this bad boy back on episode 86 of Remember the Game, so check that out if you need more Kirby love. Uh, Kirby's a polarizing figure in the world of gaming and the world of Nintendo fans. Like, if you can look past the eating everyone and stealing people's souls and all that weird shit that he does, uh, his games are just so, so fucking hit and miss. And he's really become kind of the baby franchise for Nintendo over the last 15 or 20 years. And that's too bad, because like his early games are rad as fuck. And for my money, Kirby's Adventure is one of the best games on the NES from a technical standpoint. Like, it's right there with Mega Man 6 as games that really pushed the NES to its limit. They came out right near the end. People had really figured out what the NES is capable of. Look at the original Super Mario Brothers and put it next to Kirby's Adventure and then realize those are both running on the same hardware. It's really remarkable that a game as depth or as, as good looking and as deep as Kirby's Adventure was able to run on the NES. This game fucking chugs when you play it like it slows down 90% of the time it's still playable like there's just something about the NES and slowdown where it just feels right like it doesn't even bother me that it's slowing down it just I'm like yeah I'm playing NES that's part of what happens when you play the NES um and the way it slows down is kind of its charm but there are a few instances where it really slows down and it kind of takes away from the enjoyment for a few seconds till it speeds back up um Kirby's Adventure is not as easy as most of the Kirby games. Like, I'm not saying it's Contra or anything like that, but it's got some bite. Like, it'll let you have it if you're not paying attention. It's got hidden levels, secret exits, bonus games, ton of rad powers, cool bosses, and introduces Meta Knight. It's a great game, seriously. Like, even if you don't like Kirby games, this is this one and Kirby Superstar on the Super Nintendo are the two that I would absolutely recommend trying. It's on the Switch. It's on the NES Classic. It's not hard to find. Some people missed it because it came out very late in the NES's life cycle. And if that's you, I cannot beg you enough. Give it a shot. Really fun game. Number 15, Kirby's Adventure. Uh, number 14... is 
is Dragon Warrior. This bad boy is right at the top of the list of NES games I want to do an episode of Remember the Game about. I fucking, I love Dragon Warrior. And I just played the original Final Fantasy. And I'm sorry to those of you, Mathis Brothers, that love it because it didn't make my list. I, I liked it a lot. Uh, but I greatly prefer Dragon Warrior to Final Fantasy, and that's for one simple reason. You only have one character, you only fight one character at a time, and it makes the battles so much faster. You only fight one enemy at a time, so like in Final Fantasy, you have four heroes, you could be up against as many as nine enemies, a fight can take 20 minutes to play out because they all cast their spells and do their fucking things. Dragon Warrior, it's one-on-one. I like that when you go into combat, it's the first-person view, so it feels a little more like it's your adventure. Uh, it's got that Earthbound kind of setup for the combat. Um, this game is so basic. You, you, all you do is you go from town to town, and every new village, the enemies are stronger, and there's more expensive gear. So you just walk around the town, grinding until you have enough money to buy the better gear, and then you do it again, and then you do it again, and then you do it again. There's a basic story. I don't really know, remember, or care what it is. Uh, I love this game. It's the epitome of just a chill, grinding game. It's actually on phones, like not even with emulation. You can buy it on iPhones. Um, I, I know it's on iPhones. I don't know if it's on Androids. I believe it's on the Switch shop as well. Maybe it's like a remade version. I know the iPhone one is. Uh, I definitely recommend picking it up on something mobile. Like 95% of the game is just grinding. No story. Just going in and out of fights. But if you're looking for a bare bones leveling up RPG that you can grind away at where you listen to podcasts or you watch TV or something, uh, this game is perfect. I fucking love it. I love this game. And on a side note, it is the only Dragon Quest game that I have played. And I really got to fix that soon. I got to fucking play Dragon Quest Eleven. I want to see what all the hype is. I just don't have 200 hours. But I do have enough time to play Dragon Warrior. Fucking love that game. So that's number 14, the original Dragon Warrior. Uh, number 13... Bubble Bobble, fucking classic. You can sum this game up in one word, classic. Uh, good enough, number 12. No, I'm kidding. We'll stay on, we'll stay on Bubble Bobble for a minute, kind of. Um, I'm kind of kidding. Bubble Bobble is the shit. It is a classic. I owned this one growing up. I never beat it, but I played it over and over and over and over again, which describes a lot of shitty games. But in this case, that exact same statement applies to a good game. And I guess by some chance, if you haven't played Bubble Bobble, you control a little dinosaur. Their names are Bub and Bob. And you go through 99 levels. And each level is just a single screen. It doesn't move. It's just stationary. And you've got to kill the bad guys before the time runs out. You spit bubbles. And then you trap the bad guys in the bubbles. And then while they're trapped in the bubble, you've got to pop the bubble before they freak out inside and break out, become stronger. And uh, if you run out of time, this weird fucking ghost whale comes in and starts chasing you around the screen. You can run into bubbles to squish them to pop them. You can jump on them to pop them. You can bounce off of them to get higher up into those screens, like into the level. It, it's really fun. The physics of the bubbles, the popping them and bouncing off of them is surprisingly satisfying. Uh, it's pretty hard. Like, but only in little instances, like you could breeze through 15 levels, no worries, like 10 seconds each, you're just flying. And then suddenly you'll get stuck on one level that just fucks you right over. Uh, and then when you beat all 99 levels, you get to fight a boss who's this giant guy and you got to pop lightning bubbles and shoot lightning at him. And I could get to him as a kid. I could never beat him. And I tried so fucking hard i would get like anxiety when i got to him because it would take forever to get there and i'd be like this is my chance this is my time i know what i gotta do i, I can do this 
I could never do it. I, But I just kept trying because the game is so fun. Bubble Bobble is a fucking gem. I highly recommend playing it with a second player if possible because I just think it's more fun to play with somebody than to play it alone. Uh, it'll get its own episode of Remember the Game eventually. Fucking great game. I love it. Number 13, Bubble Bobble. Uh, number 12. Ninja Turtles 3, The Manhattan Project. You know what? Nobody talks about this fucking game. And I don't know why. We used to rent it all the time as kids. I didn't know a single person that owned it. And it drove me crazy. Because you guys, listen, it's so much better than Turtles 2. And I love Turtles 2. It made this list. But Turtles 3 is better at everything. The graphics are better. The levels are bigger. It runs smoother. The soundtrack is better. You can switch Turtles when you die, which should always be a thing in Turtles game. Each turtle has his own special move. It makes him a little bit more unique. It makes him a little bit more differently. Uh, I don't know if this game just came out too late for the NES. People were too attached to Turtles 2. Nobody talks about Turtles 3. It fucking drives me. It drives me insane. I have not played Hyperstone Heist on the Genesis, uh, which is, to my understanding is the Turtles in Time of the Sega Genesis roster. Uh, when I eventually hack my Genesis Mini, I will, because I'll add it and play through it. Uh, but excluding that game, because I haven't played it, Turtles 3 is the second best Turtles game ever made after Turtles in Time. It really feels like a midpoint between the beloved Turtles 2 and the iconic Turtles in Time. It's like halfway between each. People need to play it. Seriously. Like, I should do a Let's Play or something of this game soon. I really wish Nickelodeon would just... Because they own the Turtles rights now. I wish they would just release like a compilation package of all the old Turtles games. I'm sure there's a lot more to it than just releasing them as a giant package. But that sounds like a them problem, not a me problem. Uh, why is my phone ringing? I don't even know who that is. Uh, play Turtles 3. I fucking love it. Turtles 3, the Manhattan Project. It is so good. And if you like Turtles 2, you will love Turtles 3. Fucking show us some goddamn respect. Drives me crazy. Number 11. Mega Man 4. You fucking knew that some of the most mega of men were going to show up on this list eventually. And guess what? He may show up again, too, before I'm done. Uh, just a little bit of a spoiler. Um, honestly, like of the 11 core Mega Man games, I love all of them except 8. The PlayStation. Fuck, I hate Mega Man 8. Uh, but the problem is that 7, 8, 9, 10, and 11 aren't on the NES. So that leaves me 6 to rank. Uh, Mega Man 1 was in my honorable mentions, and I don't want to spoil what I'm doing with the other five on the NES and if they made the list or not, and that's making this incredibly hard to talk about. Uh, uh, so I'm just going to stop. But Mega Man 4 is dope. I don't know if I have to explain what Mega Man is, but I guess just quickly, if I do, if you've never played them, you control a robot with a gun on his arm, and you fight different robots with different weapons, and whenever you beat them, you can use their weapons as weapons of your own, and you can fight them in any order you want, and they're really hard, and the soundtracks are rad, and they're pretty well the perfect video game. Uh, 4 introduced the Mega Buster, so it was the first game in which you could charge up the blaster and uh, it completely changed the way Mega Man was played because now you always have the blaster charge. You can't not have the blaster charge. Like It's like how when you play Mario, everyone that knows how to play Mario constantly holds run while they play. And it's the same thing with Mega Man from everything beginning with Mega Man 4 with the Mega Blaster. You constantly had the shoot button held down to have a Mega Shot 
charged up and ready to go. Uh, some say that it broke the games and made them too easy. I disagree with that very much. Um, I think the Mega Blast looked dope. It's still Mega Man, so it's still really hard until you figure out what order to fight the bosses in. And then they become pretty beatable and pretty playable. Um, and quite frankly, charging up a Mega Blast before you fight a boss, and then you jump into that metal door, it goes up, it comes down, and then you just let go of shoot and wait for that boss, uh, the, the robot master you're fighting to do his little animation and pose and everything that he does. And then as soon as the fight starts, you release that Mega Blast shot and hit him. One of the most satisfying things in the world, getting that quick shot in there. Uh, it also has some of the cooler looking bosses in Mega Man history, particularly I'm looking at Pharaoh Man and Skull Man. I love them. Mega Man 4 also introduced Eddie, the little flip top robot that randomly shows up and gives you shit. And he's awesome. The game is awesome. It's Mega Man. I fucking love Mega Man 4. And it belongs on this damn list at number 11. Okay. Uh, before we get into the top 10, I'm going to look at a few more of your picks and go over those really quickly, and then we'll get into my number 10 ranked game. Uh, Bradley McHugh wrote in and listed off his top five. Number five is Mega Man 2 and 3. That's cheating, but whatever. Number four is The Legend of Zelda. Number three, Super Mario Brothers. Number two, Kirby's Adventure. Number one, Super Mario Brothers 3. You're goddamn right, Kirby's Adventure. Uh, Bradley was actually my guest on the Remember the Game episode where we talked about Kirby together, uh, and we had a good cry as we were talking about it because we realized just how damn special and overlooked that game is. So I'm glad to see it make your list. Stupid Monkey wrote in and said, for the regular NES, my favorite games are Blades of Steel and Super Mario 3. And Stupid Monkey, who I know very well, doesn't even play sports games. That's how iconic Blades of Steel is. Like, he doesn't even like sports games, and he likes Blades of Steel. And then Mario 3 is on a ton of people's lists because I mean, that's two back-to-back where Mario 3 shows up because it's Mario 3. It's iconic. Believe it or not, it's probably going to show up in the next 10 games of my list, too. Spoiler. Uh, Rome 21 wrote in and said Mega Man 4 because I have amazing memories tied to this game and it's one of my favorite gaming franchises. Uh, you goddamn right. He said all of the other Mega Man games uh, should be on your list, but make sure one is at the bottom. It wasn't, but be there, there. He also said Godzilla Monster of Monsters is one of the best Godzilla games. Kirby's Adventures, which started his obsession with that series. And Dino Wars, a forgotten action game, which is really simple and easy to beat, but you get to pilot a giant robotic dinosaur. Uh, I totally agree with Rome that Mega Man 1 should be at the bottom of ranking the six NES Mega Man games. But without it, we wouldn't have Mega Man 2 through 6. Plus, I can beat it, and I'm proud of it because not everybody can. So that's why I made my list. Uh, Plus, Rome showed Kirby more love, which is excellent. Never show Kirby's Adventure enough love. Uh, Gary C. wrote in and said, I didn't play a ton of NES games growing up. But the two that I have the fondest memories of are WWF WrestleMania Challenge and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Neither were amazing, but I love those franchises, and it was cool getting to pick your favorite characters. In my case, Brutus the Barber Beefcake and Donatello. Uh, (laughs) I love that Brutus the Barber was your favorite wrestler. That's fucking sick. Um, The WWF games on the NES are, are tough because Gary's right. They're not great. It's just such a golden era in wrestling that I get why you'd have an attachment even with bad games because it was just wrestling in the 80s and the 90s. Uh, And you're goddamn right Donatello is the best turtle. That is the only correct answer. That's why I like you, Dave McGee, or Gary C, pardon me, not Dave McGee. Um, (laughs) There's another guy on our Patreon, Dave McGee, whose icon is Donatello. So clearly you guys get the genius of Donatello. I love it. Thank you very much, Gary. Uh, And then finally, before I get into my top 10, Wyman Brooks wrote in, such a tough question. I have great memories playing Blades of Steel with my dad, so that hits me right. The nostalgia, um, they're the obvious greats like Super Mario Brothers 1 and 3. Mario 2 is never my jam, and that flying mask freaked me out. Uh, Legend of Zelda, Castlevania, and the last couple years I've been playing a ton of Batman. 
there's that fucking Batman again. Like it's, it, it keeps popping up. I really got to play that game. I feel like that's like act razor is the best SNES game I've never played. And I feel like Batman might be the best NES game that I've never really played. I got to play that game. Um, and Wyman mentioned those masks from Mario two, the flying around creepy Mario two masks. Those fucking creep me out as well as well. And that's a great way to segue into number 10 on my list. which is Super Mario Brothers 2. Uh, you knew Mario was going to show up on this list eventually. A few times, spoiler, this is just the start of the Mario love. And I have to say, at times, Mario Brothers 2 is my favorite Mario game on the NES. We uh, we covered it way back on episode 52. I probably said it was my favorite Mario game. Don't sue me. It depends on my mood. I'm changing all the time. Um, and like we just said, that fucking mask is horrifying. That mask ruined childhoods. At least mine. Like, I... To this day, I get a little bit of anxiety every time I play that game, and I know I'm hitting the point where I gotta pick up that fucking key and run away from that goddamn flying stupid face fucking mask. I hate him so much. Um, but him aside, like Mario 2 is funky. You can play as Toad and Peach. Luigi could jump higher than everybody. All the bad guys are different and unique, and there's different mechanics where you can pick stuff up and throw it. I'm not gonna get into why that is. Listen to the episode if you need to know why that game is so weird because we break it down very well. Uh, but to this day, to this day, Mario Brothers 2 is the freak game. Like, it feels like this forbidden food that, like, even though I shouldn't have access to it, I do. Do you know what I mean? Like, I always feel like I'm doing something wrong playing it because it doesn't feel like a regular Mario game. And the thing is, is, like, even if it wasn't a Mario game, it would still be dope as fuck. Uh, Again, I know all about the origin. Go listen to the show if you want to hear about it. Um, I don't know if I would have played it because it wasn't Mario. It would have just been another faceless platformer on the nas but even if the mario characters weren't involved it would still be a really fun dope game but the key was that you added in all these weird new things and then added in mario uh which made it that's what makes it from a a playable game to a goddamn gem on the original nes and it's hard i think this is the hardest of the original three marios if you don't count lost levels um i i only finally beat it for the first time as an adult a few years ago uh, and I beat it fair and square, no safe stating or anything. I just fucking, I beat it. It's a very tough game. I feel like the key to beating this game is getting lucky with the slot machines between levels and stocking up on lives in the early levels when you get lots of coins. Because near the end, when it gets tough, you are going to fucking need them. Also, play as Toad. Stick with Toad. He became a hero in my eyes after this game, the little beefcake. He kicks some serious ass. Uh, Mario 2. Fuck, I love Mario 2. So much fun. Number 9. <laughs> Contra. Uh, this damned game needs an episode of Remember the Game. And I know I've said that a lot, and I do intend on covering all of them or trying to eventually. Contra needs to show up on our show sooner than later. And for those of you yelling, Super C's better, I just enjoy the Jets. Let this thing play out, all right? Because maybe you're, there's still eight more games on my list, so just fucking calm down, all right? Uh, Contra's dope. It isn't fancy. It's not complicated. There's no great story. The graphics kind of suck, honestly. But that's what makes it awesome. In my eyes, like it is all about 100, 1 million percent about the gameplay. It's hard as fuck, uh, but the, the 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 controls are snare drum fucking tight, and that balances it out. It just makes it a, such a great experience. I feel like Contra is the epitome of what retro gaming is all about. Here's a basic ass controller, three lives, 
good luck. And you better practice, 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 practice. You get better, then you go farther, and you get better, then you go further. And before you know it, you win. And I know you can use the code. You can get more lives. Fuck that. Don't cheat. I am legitimately incredibly proud of this. I would put it on my gaming resume. I have beaten both NES Contras without the code by myself because I worked out. I did my reps. I got stronger. I got better. It's like a Rocky montage. And I mastered the spread gun. Always get the spread gun. That bad boy is Contra's Super Mario World cape. One of the strongest weapons in the history of video games. So get a hold of the spread gun. Go slow. Never stop shooting. Um, and I love that it just never feels cheap. You know what I mean? Like you can see every shot coming usually from a mile away. They don't go super fast. The controls are super tight. They gave you the ability to avoid everything. The way that you flip when you jump and then you can steer around left and right to avoid shots and stuff like that. It's just this chef's kiss. I fucking love Contra. Damn right I made this list. Number nine, the original Contra. Number eight... Uh, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out! Speaking of hard games that take a lot of practice. Oh yeah, and fuck Mr. Dream. It's Mike Tyson's Punch-Out! We explained why they had to switch it to Mr. Dream from Mike Tyson way back on episode 35 of Remember the Game, so you can go listen to that if you want to. Uh, I have to be honest, I know I'm not the only person out there. I guarantee you 90% of the people listening to this are in the same boat as me. I'm not ashamed of it, and I'm going to own it. I, I, I can't beat this game. Not only can I not beat Mike Tyson... I can't get to Mike Tyson. Uh, I see fucking Soda Popinski in my goddamn nightmares. I can't beat that fucking ass. I fucking hate him so much. I can't beat But again, this game is exactly like Contra. And expect to hear this a few more times in the next few games. It's got rock solid tight controls and tough but fair gameplay. That's what I wanted on the NES. I don't think there's a game on the system that's more satisfying than this one. For losing, practicing, practicing, and then winning. When you finally knock out a guy that's been feeding you your lunch, you want to tell the world. It is the best fucking feeling. And someday, I'm going to experience that with that piece of shit Soda Popinski. Some fucking day. It's like a puzzle game. It's like a puzzle game where you learn what to do, and it's super satisfying when it comes together, and it's fucking perfect, aside from Soda Popinski, who I just hate so fucking much, and you know goddamn well that's not pop, you alcoholic piece of shit. You're just drunk off your ass, and you just close your eyes and swing, but I can't dodge you fucking... I, I hate him! If I ranked the worst enemies in the history of video games, Soda Popinski might be number one. I, well, no, Baby Bowser would be number one, but Soda Popinski would be a top three. I fucking hate him. But I do love Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. It's There's a reason that it's like one of the greatest sports games ever made all these fucking years later. It's perfect. So number seven or number eight on my list is Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Number seven on my list. The Legend of Freaking Zelda. Uh, and for the record, if this was SNES in my top SNES games, Link would find himself much higher than number seven. Um, and frankly... Like, I would be honest with you, like, I think the NES version of Zelda, particularly Legend of Zelda, the, for the first game, is among the worst in the series. Um, but I, I'm not saying it's bad. It's number seven on my NES list. But it is, that shows you, that's not so much a slight on how bad Legend of Zelda is, as much as it is a compliment to how incredible the rest of that fucking series is. Um but I, I will say, I played it for the first time a couple years ago on the Switch. I tell you all about it on episode 39 of Remember the Game. You can hear all about it there. 
And it was absolutely delightful. It was confusing uh, and it was hard, but it was delightful. Like, I think the ambition that goes into this game is absolutely insane. Like, Mario Brothers is the reason the NES blew up. But for my money, Zelda is just as important as Mario Brothers is to the NES's legacy. Um, as far as I'm concerned, it's like the first open world game. You can go anywhere. You got to go find your dungeons. You can go find other items that are optional and find hidden paths and stuff like that. Uh, it's, it's so goddamn iconic. Um, and if you haven't played it, and I know there are Zelda diehards out there that haven't played it, looking at a certain hall, former Hall of Famer uh, from our show, you really should give it a chance. It's on everything. You'll probably get lost. You'll die a bunch. But the music is so fucking good. It looks great. The controls are tight. And that sound the sword makes when your health is full and it shoots that little beam is among the most satisfying sound effects in the history of video games. Uh, I'd actually really love to see a remake of this game. Maybe more than any NES game in existence, this is the one I'd love to see a remake of. Add a better map, make it a little easier to find your way around, and boom. Don't make it easy. I don't want it to be easier. Just make it a little easier to figure where the fuck you have to go uh, and you're in. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think The Legend of Zelda is as good as Contra or Punch-Out!, the two games I just listed. Um, it's not as tight. I have way less interest in ever playing through it again, but it's just so goddamn iconic. I respect history. I respect my gaming elders, and I don't want all you Zelda nerds to yell at me. So it's found its way as high as number seven on my list, the original Legend of Zelda. Fucking great game. Uh, number six. Uh, Super C. I told you guys it was coming. And I'm not going to lie to you, this breakdown isn't going to be as long as most of the other games because I literally just covered Contra 10 minutes ago and this game is almost exactly the same. It's just better, uh, I think. I, I think the levels are better. I think it looks a little bit better. Uh, they're both killer games. This is one of those franchises that, I, much like Mega Man, I would buy it every year. If they didn't fuck with it, they just kept releasing NES versions of it with different enemies and different levels. I would never stop buying them. Just put them out 20 bucks every year. Contra 12, Contra 13, Contra 14. I would just continue to buy them because they're so much fun to play. Uh, like, I have to be honest, I don't really care for Contra 3 on the Super Nintendo. Um, I like my Contra the same way I like my math. Basic as fuck. I find the SNES games harder to see what's coming at me. I don't find the controls are quite as tight. And shut up. If you like it, that's totally fine. But it isn't as good as Contra, which isn't as good as Super C, which is why Super C is 6, and regular Contra is 9, and Contra 3 will not make my list of my favorite SNES games because it's just not fucking good. So good. Okay, uh, before we get into my top 5, I've got a few more of your top games to break down, and then we're going to wrap up with my top 5. This is proven to be a very long episode. Uh, a few more of your comments. Uh, Evan Refuse wrote in, Zelda 2. That's right, Zelda fucking 2. Well, you're fucking blocked, Evan. No, uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, I haven't played Zelda 2 since I was a kid. I remember liking it, but not having any fucking idea what's going on and just dying constantly. Um, I have been talking to a few people about doing a playthrough and then covering that game on Remember the Game eventually. We are going to do it. Uh, I respect that you like it. That's Zelda's Mario Brothers 2. I fucking get that it's the freak game, but some people very passionately adore it. And I do think there's a great concept there, for sure. Uh, Slick Rick wrote in and said, uh, number one is The Legend of Zelda. 
I spent hours and hours playing it with my dad using a notebook to draw maps of each screen to remember which bush we burned or which wall we bombed. I can still do a speed run of that game in less than two hours. It's fucking sick. I, I can't beat two dungeons in two hours. And then Slick Rick's other favorite is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game. Love Ninja Turtles. Spent countless hours playing it with friends over the years. See, I wish that I had played more Zelda as a kid. Because I think like discovering stuff, drawing maps, not being able to look up a walkthrough would have really made it more special and fun, frankly. It's just I couldn't resist looking up a walkthrough in 2020. It's too easy to look them up. But I would have loved to have experienced that back in the day with just a notebook and a map and just working together with your dad or your friends or whatever. Um, and then I'll be honest with you, I'm surprised how often Turtles 2 is showing up on everybody's list. But I love it. I love that people love the Turtles. They owned all of us in the 80s. Just fucking play Turtles 3. Stop disrespecting Turtles 3, all of you. Uh, Robert Lippo wrote in, and his top three, number three is The Legend of Zelda. It was my most played game growing up. Number two is River City Ransom. I had this instead of drag or Double Dragon. And his number one is Mega Man 2. He said it had the best soundtrack. Uh, there's more Zelda love. I honestly think there might be more Zelda love than Mario love on your lists that you, I've been reading off. Like, it's got to be very close. I um, And it's funny how... That's the case with the NES, and now 30 years later, I feel like that's the case with Mario and Zelda, even to this day. Like, There's a lot of people that like both, and you should, because they're both great franchises. But I feel like if you were asked to pick one, it's not as cut and dry as you'd think. There's just as many diehard Zelda fans out there as there is Mario fans, which is just so sick that Nintendo has arguably the two most iconic gaming franchises ever, and they own both of them. That's so sick. Um and then uh, you're damn right, Robert. Mega Man 2 has the best soundtrack. You're goddamn right it does. And then Michael Mathis wrote in, and he said, uh, my top games for the NES are as follows. Final Fantasy, River City Ransom, Guerrilla War, Mega Man series, Bubble Bobble, and The Adventures of Lolo. Uh, now that's back-to-back River City Ransoms. I never understood where that game come- came from. So many love it, and I'd never even heard of it until like the Wii. And I know it's on the Switch. I gotta play it, because I, I gotta see what the fucking hype is about, because everybody talks about it. And uh, Adventures of Lolo is a good call. People are sleeping on that game. And it didn't make my top list or anything. But that game's a lot of fun. So that's a great pull. I respect that. Um, Okay, and that's all your list. If I miss somebody, I'm very sorry. I think I got to everybody. I tried to squeeze them all in. We are going to get into the top five. And um, I think if you stop and think about it for a minute, you could name at least three of these top five. Maybe not the order, but you could name at least three, maybe four. I know anytime I read a list or listen to a ranking list on a podcast or anything like that, I try to name the top five or the top 10 before we get into it just to see how many of them I could get right. I don't think anyone was going to get number five, but the the other four games, I bet you at least somebody that's listening right now has got them. So that said, my top five NES games, number five... Dr. Fucking Mario. Uh, Tetris is the better puzzle game, in my opinion. I don't even think it's a question. Tetris is the most iconic puzzle game ever. But the NES version of Dr. Mario is absolutely perfect. I remember watching my mom play this game when I was really little. And my brother and I would dance like the three big viruses do on the screen. And then every time she'd kill a virus, we would act like them and fall to the ground and freak out. And uh, we just thought it was so... We were pretty cool. We were pretty cool fucking kids but seriously dr mario like i don't know if this franchise would be that big unless without mario attached to it 
Even as a kid, I remember making the joke we've all made about how Mario can't just make himself a doctor. You've told us Mario's a plumber, and now all of a sudden, he's a fucking straight-up PhD doctor guy giving out medicine to people. We've all made the joke. I've thought it since I was a little kid. We all have. But I don't think this the this, this series would have worked otherwise. If they had just released Virus Kill or something, there's no way it would have sold like it did just by putting Mario on the cover. That's all they did. And that's really the only way Mario's even tied in. Those viruses don't show up in any of their games. Princess Peach isn't there. You're not fighting Bowser. There's no bad guys. Mario's just in the corner throwing random pills into a jar. And it just helped sell the game infinitely more copies. And you can't deny, Dr. Mario kicks some serious ass. It kicks some serious ass. I love it. The same, I put Dr. Mario practically on the same level as Tetris, which is as high of praise as I can give a puzzle game. And I've tried other ones like Puyo Puyo, Lumines, Clax, Yoshi's Cookie, Hattress, all kinds of puzzle games that involve items falling into a rectangle and you try not to let it fill up. And Dr. Mario is the only one that I would put on Tetris's level. Having to kill those viruses instead of just making lines and trying to empty out the screen, I think is really smart. That's the mechanic that hooks me, is that I'm still fighting a bad guy and trying to beat levels instead of just going for a high score. Like, I'm a Nintendo fanboy through and through. Um, And it feels like they saw Tetris, but they wanted their own Tetris franchise that they could sell and make money off of. This is what they came up with. And they fucking did a great job. I also love the multiplayer in Dr. Mario. As long as you're up against someone as good as you or close, it can be a lot of fun. I love cranking the difficulty right up to 20, right out of the gate when the screen starts up and that entire jar is just full of vitamins or of viruses and you got to just be flying right out of the gate. That's my fucking jam. I never get tired of doing that. And the mechanic of leftover pill pieces falling is really genius. Like it adds so much extra strategy to the game. If you have a pill that's half blue, half red, and you drop the red half on a virus to kill them, that blue half will fall until it lands on something. And it takes an extra level of strategy to line it up for it to fall down onto another blue virus. And you can set up these chains of like three or four moves where all these viruses are killing and it plays that satisfying noise. It is just so good. It's like scratching an itch that you just couldn't reach forever. It feels so good. Like I just thought of this. Dr. Mario 99 would be insane. If they made it like Tetris 99, but it was Dr. Mario somehow, that'd be so fucking sick. Ugh. I think this one was probably the hardest one to guess if you were trying to get my top five. I don't know if anybody would have got it. Um, I'll be honest with you, when I was making my list, the D games came up pretty early as I was going through alphabetically. And I plucked Dr. Mario in at my number one slot when I started the list. And, uh, and it never fell out of the top five. I just really, really love this game. So, so good. Fuck, I love Dr. Mario. And let me just say, before we get into the top four, the separation between these four games is razor thin. They could flip around based on my mood. I may have said something in the past where I went against the way I'm about to rank these four games. I would put these four a degree above every other game on this list. This is like my S tier. If I'm ranking the S tier, A tier, B tier, C tier, these four games are my S tier. They are my top of the top, my my mountaintop favorite fucking games. I've locked them in in the order that if I could only pick one and then two and then three and then four, this is the order I would put them in, but they're all masterpieces. I love them all. And with that said, number four... Mega Man 2. Uh, Here's the thing. A lot of Mega Man purists consider Mega Man 2 to be the purest of the pure, pure Mega Man games. And I can totally get down with that. It's fucking awesome. Long, 
time listeners to the show or people that have went back and downloaded old episodes may remember that we talked about how great Mega Man 2 is way back on episode 5 of Remember the Game. It's the It was the first Mega Man. If the first Mega Man was like the pizza crust, then Mega Man 2 is the sauce and the cheese. Like they really just, they upped it from six Robot Masters to eight. They made the difficulty a little more forgiving. The soundtrack was banging. The graphics looked good. I actually find Mega Man 2 to be the easiest of the six original Mega Man games. Um, that might be because I know where to go. I know what order to take on the Robot Masters. I also know that it has the best Robot Master weapon in Mega Man history. And once you figure that out, Mega Man 2 becomes incredibly easy, which is Ma- Metal Man's Metal Blade. Uh, if you've never played it, once you beat Metal Man, you get access to his weapon, which is just shooting this giant circular saw blade. Uh, it's huge. You can shoot them in different directions as it's supposed to just being able to shoot forward. They do lots of damage. They barely burn any weapon energy, so you can never run out of energy using it. You can basically just replace your Mega Buster with the Metal Man Blade the rest of the way, and it just cuts the game's difficulty in half. Like, that weapon is so perfect that they made it one of Mega Man's attacks in Smash Brothers. Um, although, I guess, Crash Man, his bombs are one of your attacks. Uh, Woodman's Leaf Shield are one of your attacks. Um, in Smash, but there you go, there you go, that shows you how iconic Mega Man 3 is, 3, or sorry, how iconic Mega Man 2 is, 3 of Mega Man's special attacks in Smash Brothers are attacks he picked up in Mega Man 2, that's because everybody knows that Mega Man, or everyone that knows Mega Man knows how damned iconic Mega Man 2 is, like I could seriously play it over and over and over and just never get sick of it, um, it's not as crushingly difficult as the other games. Again, maybe that's just because I know it so well, but it's so much fun. It's relaxing. It plays as well as any Mega Man game. I think the Robot Masters are among the best in the franchise. There's a reason that it was the only Mega Man game added to the NES Classic, I think, when it came out. Absolutely fantastic. Fucking Mega Man 2. Hall of Famer. Number three. Yeah, Super Mario Brothers 3. Um, at one point, when I so when I finished my initial listing of the games, uh, Super Mario Brothers 3 was in my top spot. It was my number one uh, NES game. Um, but I feel like I just defaulted it there because so many people listed as their number one. Like it might be the most universally agreed upon best game in a console's library, more so than any other console's library. People might say, well, this is obviously the best game on the system is Mario three. We covered it in greater detail way back on episode 16 of remember the game. So if you're interested, you can go back and listen to that. We go into more detail about how great super Mario brothers three is like, what can I say? I don't even know what to say about it. Like I cannot, I cannot imagine someone right now is listening to this show, listening to a retro gaming podcast without at some point playing Super Mario Brothers 3. I who hasn't played it, right? And if by some chance you're listening to this and you haven't played Super Mario Brothers 3, message me and I will make sure to get you the help that you need and we'll make sure you fucking play it cuz it has to be played. It's 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 like learning how to count to 5 in school or learning your ABCs. If you're a retro gamer, if you're a video gamer, you have to play Super Mario Brothers 3. You just you have to. A lot of people rank it ahead of Super Mario World as the best 2D Mario game, which I can totally understand. I disagree with it, but I can absolutely understand where you're coming from, man. The power-ups, the maps, the game world, the enemy variety, the secrets, the Koopa Kid debuts. It's just like it's fuck. It's just it's so good. I always look at Mario Brothers 3 as like Super Mario World's father. Like I played the fuck out of Mario 3 before we got our SNES. 
And then even after we did get our SNES, Mario 3 was like the one NES game I just constantly found myself going back to over and over again. And I don't think it's as good as Super Mario World, but that's primarily just because the NES wasn't capable of the stuff that makes Super Mario World so special. It just couldn't keep up with the hardware. You all know what a hard-on I have for Super Mario World, but it just never would have existed without Mario 3. So of course I'm going to love Mario 3. And I love thinking about when it came out. Like I just remember, I remember the hype around it. I remember how old I would have been. I probably would have been like four or five. But I remember that bright yellow box and the commercials, the wizard, the movie that was all about marketing it. I remember going to the video game rental place. And every time that was the first game I was looking for was Mario 3 with that fucking yellow box. And it, or at least before we got our own copy. When I remember getting our own copy and losing my mind. I was so excited that I could finally just play it over and over and over again. I remember talking with kids at school about the secrets you could find and the warp whistles and the rumors about it. Oh, I remember using my Game Genie on it, and then I put in a code where I turned Mario into Frog Suit Mario. No matter how much damage he took, he never loses his Frog Suit. And it was hilarious till I got to like the sixth world, and there was a castle where you have to duck and slide under a brick, and I couldn't do it because Frog Mario couldn't slide. And I basically just wasted an afternoon and couldn't finish it. I remember playing with my little brother. I remember playing with my mom, just having a blast. My brother and I would fight about the toad houses and who got all the items. Fucking, it's Hall of Fame. One of the greatest of all time. It's Super Mario Brothers three. It's fucking iconic i guess i had a lot more to say about it than i thought but number three on my list super mario brothers three number two on my list mega man three and yes this is the third mega man game on the list fourth if you count the original Mega Man showing up in my honorable mentions uh but damn it he deserves all three of the spots because he's awesome his series is awesome and it's my list dang it so I can do whatever the fuck I want with it the original Mega Man games are the only games that I put on par with the Mario games as far as the NES goes like I to me they're neck and neck I love both franchises so much Mega Man is one of my two mains in Smash Brothers for that exact reason um and for my money, Mega Man 3 is the best of the bunch. And maybe you're asking, uh, but Adam, why 3? Why not 2? Which is what so many people so many people put 2 ahead of 3. Uh, well, sir, we have an episode coming all about Mega Man 3 in the next few weeks of the show. Uh, so you'll find more out then. I don't want to go into too much detail and just ruin what I'm going to say on the episode of Remember the Game. It's coming very, very quickly. Uh, but without getting into too much detail, 3 just feels like an expansion for Mega Man 2. It added the slide. It added do- uh, Mega Man's dog, Rush. It added Proto Man, who is Mega Man's brother, who is criminally underutilized. It should be a bigger fucking deal. They bring the old Mega Man 2 bosses back, plus added Mega Man 3 bosses. We'll get into all of it more on the Remember the Game episode. Mega Man 2, Mega Man 3 are both sick. I just prefer Mega Man 3 by like a little bot, a little, little bit. Like if they were, if Mega Man 2 and Mega Man 3, I'm using my hands to explain this, you can't see, but if they were both robot masters and they had a Mega Man style fight, Mega Man 3 would win, but he would have like one health bar left when he won. Like they're so close to each other. I just slightly prefer Mega Man 3. I just fucking love, I love Mega Man so much. Eventually, I'm going to do a ranking episode of that game on the or of that series on the show. And outside of putting number eight at the bottom because it's a turd, it's going to break my heart to rank any Mega Man game low because they're all good. And with all that said, we are at number one. I can't imagine that you don't know what it is, but my favorite NES game, the number one greatest NES game of all time, in my opinion, is. (laughs) 
Super Mario Brothers. I know it's a chicken shit number one. It's a chicken shit way to end the list, but it's just the way it is. And um, and I don't remember if this jives with my Mario rankings from that episode that we did a while ago. But like I said, these top four are so close. They could switch on another day. And the thing is, like, listen, Mario Brothers 3 is a better game. No question about it. Um, but like I said at the beginning, I'm listing these in the order that I would prioritize putting them on an NES classic. And if you gave me an empty NES classic and said I could only put one game on it, I looked at my list and I was like, it would have to be Super Mario Brothers. I, like, I know we have to do an episode of Remember the Game about it eventually. And like, I'm very hesitant because like, I just, I don't know if I can do it justice. Like, I, I, like, I really don't know how to explain just how attached to this video game I am. I've said it before. I've said it a hundred times, but like, it really is the most important game in my life. And frankly, it's the most important video game in the history of the industry. Like Patrick Waugh is the reason I cheer for the Montreal Canadiens. Jerry Seinfeld is the reason I started doing stand up. Super Mario brothers is why I play video games. It, it like, and it's still so fun today. People that don't game, people that have never played a video game could pick it up and play it and have fun. I honestly think it still looks good today. It still plays well today. Like, I know this isn't the longest write-up for the number one game on the list, but I just, I don't know what to say about it. Like I, like it's Super Mario Brothers is the old guy that everyone gathers around the lemon tree and sits on the grass to just listen to, to him tell stories. Like I, I have a legitimate attachment to this game that I don't have for any other title, even Super Mario World. There's not another video game that I just feel like as emotionally connected to as I do the original Super Mario Brothers. I respect my elders. I respect gaming history. I respect Mario. And that is why Super Mario Brothers is the number one game on my NES game ranking list. Uh, and that is it. That's my top 20. This is a long fucking episode. And I'm going to lose my voice. And I still have two comedy shows to do tonight. And a podcast to record later. Um... I had a fucking blast working on this, you guys. I don't think I've ever put anywhere near as much time into an episode as I have with this one. I really hope that you guys enjoyed it. Please let me know if you did, if you like these ranking ones or if you don't like these ranking ones. A few of you have asked for me to knock off system by system ranking my favorite games. Uh, so unless you tell me to stop, that's something I'm going to continue to do. Um, thanks you guys for supporting the show. Thank you for helping me grow this Patreon. We simply wouldn't be where we are. I can't believe we've done 20 of these now. That's fucking really cool. I will be back on Wednesday with episode 110 of Remember the Game, which unless something goes horribly wrong, will be Mario Kart Double Dash for the GameCube. I'll be back next week with episode 21 of Expansion Pass, and who knows what the fuck I'll do between now and then. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting. Have a great Sunday, Monday, whatever day is you're listening to this. Clean your controllers, wash your hands, be nice to each other, look out for giant bees, don't sneeze on people, and I'll talk to you in a few days. Cheers. Thank you.